Yo, what's up? And welcome to the Mock Stars podcast. My name is Jordan Garcia, and I'm one of your hosts. And I am here with my. I hate the hate this energy already. All it's right, not a, it's not a. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna give up. I'm not gonna give up here. Third tries the charm. Third. Welcome to the Mock Stars Podcast. My name is Jordan Garcia, and I am one of your hosts. I'm here with my boys, my two best boys, Evan Kunai. <laughs> Perfect. Chris Ritter. <laughs> yep, we are having seizures over here. Uh, boys, specifically Evan Boy, we're talking about the tournament you just went to up in Moscow, Russia. How is Putin? <laughs> He's great, man. He's uh, I didn't actually get to see. Cool. Him Before we get to that, we are talking about our freaking link tree. That's right. We have Instagram, YouTube, uh, TikTok. I'm never on TikTok, but if you want to say what's up on TikTok, you can do that. And actually, Evan is going to be streaming on Twitch this fucking weekend. Shake that rust off, baby. Let's go. Let's go, boys. What is our pregame actions? Pre-game actions. Today, I have nothing. Hmm. Oh, I, uh, yeah, I guess the pre-game action is talking about the tournament, which is going to lead to other topics. Yeah, that's yeah. main phase one, baby. Oh, main that's main phase that's one. That's main phase one. Nobody's got a gemstone in hands. All right, we are going right to freaking main phase. Evan, how was the tournament, bro? It was great. Yeah, it was uh, Moscow, so Idaho. Um, okay, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Which tournament was this? This was the uh, the winner duel tournament in Moscow, Idaho uh, at Journey's End Games. Okay. Which was a sweet store, and little did anyone know when they showed up. Uh, the funny thing was is that I showed up, and the store is super, like, was air-conditioned, everything. Dude, that's like, lit. Let's go. Well-ventilated, and I go up to the counter, and they're, like, doing deck techs and stuff like that, and I see the binder of, like, cards they have for sale, and the whole binder is foreign. Russian, German, Italian, Whoa. French, mm. everything. Well, you were in Moscow. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I was like... I bet like, they love those jokes. Yeah. No, first, <laughs> I, I'm the first one to do it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so and, try it on them. I was like, what the hell's going on here, right? And then they're like, oh, we have English cards in the back. And I'm just like, why not out front? That's fucking crazy and, energy. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, well, it's because we are the single largest distributor for European cards in the world. Oh, word? Oh, shit. In Moscow, Idaho. Not in Europe. It, not in Europe. Here. Small town in Idaho. Mos yeah. They call it Moscow. 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 Yes. Yes. They right. wanted to create some, you know, delineation. Yeah. yeah. Di differentiation. Yeah. Um. That's very cool. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. Like uh, when he started talking a little bit history about the shop and stuff like that. Like he had eight people on staff just in the back room. Like you could hear them. Like when the printer would go off or whatever, and the, an order would come in, someone would take it, walk over to this massive drawer, and they just pull this like six foot wide drawer out, and then just start like rolling through, pull they're, the card, pack like the uh, the underdog well, card kingdom. Yeah. 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 Dude, that's guy card very kingdom. cool. I mean, I love those like foreign black border uh, cards. Like I have the Badlands foreign black border. If I could go get more like duels and shit like they, that. Yeah, they probably had stuff. They probably oh, you should have gotten an adios while you were there. Oh, oh. that would have been hot. I should have asked. Uh, I I, did, I forgot to ask about anything. I w I wasn't really like looking to spend cash, but they were Good. doing trade ins at the like at the moment, and their trade in value was eighty percent uh, value for anything over twenty five dollars. Whoa! And I was just like, 
what? Like, uh, let me just, here's my binder. And a lot of people did that. They just shoved their binders across the table yeah. and were like, here, scope this thing out. There's like, something set up know. for like people at the tournament can just be like yep. trading right there. That's yep. so smart. Like, I feel like that's a missed opportunity a lot of times at these events. Totally. Uh, but the tournament, back to the tournament. Um, it was great. I met a ton of cool people. Uh, had a great time playing against like Steve, Mario, uh, Logan, uh, AJ, all these guys out there. I got to play against uh, Atlas too. And the cool thing was is that after each game, if someone beat me, they got a foil Mockstar sticker. It was a limited edition. Nice. Limited edition. So like if you actually beat me in a game, fair and square, you got a foil Mockstar sticker and then everyone else at the table got non-foil. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, that's a that's not a bad uh, item spawn for you or a good RNG for your opponents. Yeah. 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 Like uh, they didn't know that until the end of the game. But then uh, by the time the last well, round, you didn't want people farming the stickers. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. by the time the last round came around, people were like, you're the guy handing out stickers, right? Well, I'm going to crush you. Yes. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, let's go. Give me you that know? foil sticker, bitch. Uh, but there is one thing to note. That Atlas still does not have a foil sticker. You heard that right, Atlas. You still have not beat me in a game. Oh, ooh. We've, we've matched up against each other twice, and okay. <laughs> we've drawn both times. Just keep giving him <laughs> non-foil stickers. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have a winning record. Atlas did. He made it to the final table, which well, is great. Uh, and you were out. on Xerus, right? Yep, I yep. played Xerus Rising Storm, and the whole purpose of going to the tournament was honestly to have fun. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted Xerus is not uh, accepted. Uh, power. You're correct. Right? Yeah. <laughs> is that a, well, nice that's way a, that's a very yeah. funny yeah. way of saying that? Yeah. Zerus has. But it's this, a pet deck of yours. Yeah. It's a pet deck. And I really wanted to lean into that whole, like, the hype behind Bowmasters right now. Because mm-hmm. Zerus has that same text where it's like, I get something if someone draws additional cards. And you were hoping uh, to just draft off the meta that was geared towards Bowmasters. And I got to tell you, I saw an 1818 Orc army, like, on the table at least four or five times throughout the day mm-hmm. so that's awesome it's not i mean and there were plenty of times when after a round people would come up and they go yep bowmass is getting banned and i'm just like eh, you know i don't know i don't know now mm-hmm. um it's just something we have to adjust to in it, the meta because i mean i haven't seen it in games the way you guys have but it seems like it's a powerful card that pops off but not necessarily in the way that people thought it would right you know what i mean mm-hmm. there's a like i lost to a gymna deck that uh what they did was they put an abolisher down and then they uh, put down the bowmaster and then fired off a wheel like wheel of fortune right there and they're like my opponents can't do anything I'm just gonna snipe the board snipe their faces and just deal with everyone right now mm. and then they were able to generate infinite mana and with that nuke seven they drew and uh, win the game so damn it almost feels like a like fire covenant level of like power it is yeah it's it's fire covenant but you need an additional card to like really set it off set right. off the dynamite i mean granted i think this card is significantly better than fire covenant it's just like where you get to like a directly assign damage and just well, like i will deal with all of these issues well i mean because it's not doing the same thing but for me uh it matches up in terms of like uh conceptually with dockside where it's a component of a two to three card loop that is going to do some nasty stuff but you know by itself it might might not do something that is merits banning yes that is exactly the same category that i funnel it into now after seeing it play mm-hmm. is that it is now the black for black's version of dockside mm-hmm. and if we get one of you know something in each color that does that that'd be kind of crazy but i totally understand where it's coming from dockside has just been broken for so long like a two mana one color creature that like intentionally snipes one part of the format like 
uh, like greedy artifact and enchantments. That's what Dockside is, you know, excessive yeah. card draw. That's what Orcish Bowmaster is supposed to be doing, like something right. like that. And so they got to find how to like make each color in the pie, like be able to do that. Um, but yeah, that's that's ultimately how I saw it perform was like another uh, just black. Yeah. Black's version of Dockside. If you can abuse it, you're going to. Mm-hmm. And if someone's being greedy, you're going to abuse them. You're You're going to take advantage of that. So, um, I mean, obviously baseline good, but like mostly as part of a has, thing has much greater potential. Dockside is grows with the greed. You could say with power, the power at the table, you know, if you're playing, uh, moxes, rocks, anything to help you get it, get ahead. Dockside like punishes that lets the, you know, catch right back up. And then bow mass is the same deal. If you're drawing a ton of cards, bow mass is going to help you catch right back up because it keeps you from holding on to any board state advantage that you might have from drawing all of those additional cards. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, or life total or whatever. So I mean, peer, peer into the abyss, <laughs> yeah, it's punishment, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of worried about it in like, you know, I play planeswalker as my commander. So it's just like how many uh, that draws two cards when you activate them. <laughs> yeah. I actually learned a new, uh, broodlord combo because of, bow masters this weekend Ooh. so um yeah is that uh, tech yeah yeah the, what's the tech though Hit me. oh the tech is you're going for kiki jiki instead of uh just peer into the abyss you actually just straight up win i kind of like that i've been okay, hoping that we yeah. find something that's not just resolve peer yeah so not just resolve peer you actually go for burnt offering instead of sacrifice and that way you split the mana up you get three red and then three black and uh you turn around and you go get with when you split, you know, you go ahead and you get the burnt offering and you go get Kiki Jiki. Then you cast the Kiki Jiki off, oh, of which copy a Broodlord, of go get another card, right? And then the other card is Zealous Conscripts. You go get that. You uh, untap uh, your Kiki Jiki, create another copy of Broodlord, and then you're able to. That's so sick. Yeah. I fucking love you that. Know, I, I think we finally solved Broodlord. You got to bring it back to one of the classic lines, Kiki Jiki Zealous Conscripts. Yeah, yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. So uh, it was a really cool combo to like uh, to hear about and see now that people are adapting to Bowmasters. So that's mm-hmm. how we're going to see the format change and warp. Back to the tournament. <laughs> we got off track a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was up, yeah. worth it. Like, um, but uh, yeah, I went winless in mm-hmm. the whole thing, which is fine. Um, I think I learned a lot about the deck as I went through. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing against Steve was actually a lot of fun. I just learned how to... Uh, he was playing Mono Blue Urza. Okay. And I finally learned how powerful the one ring was. Mm-hmm. I watched someone draw 13 cards on like not punished for it at all. Like, And it just kept going around the table. And o- over how many turn cycles was 13 cards? Uh, it's like four or five turn cycles. Yeah. But you're playing Mono Blue Urza, so you're able yep. to control the game. A static Orb came down, and you're just oh. like... Awesome. Like, Whoa. Let's what go. is going on here? So it was uh it was cool to see. And then uh we saw like a pretty cool tech where it's like he cast a Phyrexian Metamorph, copying the one ring, mm-hmm. and then that gave him protection from everybody else for the rest of the turn. It's a legendary artifact, so you gotta sack one of them. Yep. And it's just like holy shit, because Metamorph well, the one ring says when it enters the battlefield, yeah. as long as it's cast, which Metamorph was cast, you get the protection from everything. So really cool tech I saw there. Um where are you seeing the uh, the one ring in other decks that weren't necessarily uh, where it needed that where it was just filling that role of, like where it needs that extra card draw or were you seeing it generally? No, I think the funny thing is, is that Steve was the one pushing the conversation. Okay, where it's like now he's playing a mono blue Urza like artifact focused deck where he can untap and you know do all these different shenanigans that okay. um, a lot of people in the group that I traveled with. Uh, 
played against him mm-hmm. and saw it like how powerful it was and then all the conversation was like even atlas is like i think i'm putting it in kenrith right now yeah i um because why i'm asking is over the last week i've seen so much of the conversation uh as we see the fallout with the lord of the Rings set like go from people talking about bow masters which is still a large part of the conversation but like online a lot of people are like the hubbub is around the one ring like, oh, we thought this was powerful, but now that we're actually seeing it, it is so much more powerful than, than we expected. And you kind of have to have an argument against putting it in your deck at, at this point almost. Yeah, it's I pretty d- crazy. And I, I'm like, I'm looking at putting it in my three-color deck. I mean, I think it, it we're seeing it in a lot of formats already just fucking demolishing formats, like four of yeah. formats. It's Because it's draw a lot of cards, very little downside. Yeah, and I think it'll probably be very pervasive in EDH, like just normal EDH, and then going into competitive EDH, I think it, it'll it be the last, but I think it'll actually still get there because it's that fucking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people have turned their nose up at it, at least initially, for the four mana cost in competitive commander, but there was we were also trying to pay attention throughout the day of like were there any games that ended before turn five or six there was not a single one exactly everything went way further than than turn six because right now cdh doesn't mean quick games it it means lots of interaction early in the games and then yeah yep so you're mulliganing for interaction if the one ring comes down it doesn't say it's not it can't be countered but people are very like they're not incentivized to counter it for any reason. Is that what you're going to counter right now? Maybe right. nowadays, yeah. Yeah. So you see it, and you're like, oh, they'll get card advantage over a few turns, but I should be able to close this game out or over a few turns. You know, it's like, nope, they're going to be drawing the cards necessary to stop you. That yeah. is what it does. I, I mean, I, I think you got to see it in a variety of contexts. You got to see it like in the meta and everything. But it's at that power level of Mystic Remora or, you know, some I was like Rhystic Studies. Say, I think this like, is going to be a colorless Rhystic Study. Yeah, it's yeah. the card advantage is just undeniable. Because the thing is, with Rhystic Study, you have to, it's opponent reliant, which is something we like rarely like, even though we have to deal with it all the time with like Dockside and those kind of effects. Mm-hmm. But this completely gets around that. Yep. And it's just, I think it'll actually be maybe even better because it's one it's colorless and then sometimes you know in like all of these rule law effect games we see all of the fucking time rhystic study doesn't isn't that good because people have the extra mana pay pay one tax Mm -hmm. yeah but this is like completely warps that and it's like i'm gonna completely sidestep that and like now that we're in this rule of law world i'll just draw five cards next turn and that's way more than you'll ever get off that rhystic yeah i i think it's one of those things where like hey unconditional tutor is so much better than any other tutor with conditions on it. The one ring presents unconditional card draw. With yeah. just yeah, a exactly. small price of paying your life. And yeah. the thing is that... Necropotence is unconditional in the same way. Like, who cares right. about mm-hmm. that life? Yeah. And it's colorless. So that's a huge gap. Yep. Yep. Three it, black versus four colorless. Yep. Actually, True. it was the worst decks of the day that were playing Ad Nauseam. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of people did not win through it, win through Ad Nauseam. They didn't cast it. Like everybody's so prepared for it these days. Yep, they are. And I think that's the big thing is that people are like, well, why am I playing it? If people are prepared for it. It does circumnavigate Bowmasters so you don't get, like, punished for the... For the, the but it's pseudo card draw. But it's whatever. so all in. But the whole but shell yeah, yeah. around it is just draw as many cards as possible to until get I can adnos, get yeah. adnos. Yeah, yeah, think of how many slots you free up in your deck when you're off the adnos plan. I just went through this. Remember, we were talking about like taking that out of the deck, and I cleared up 15 cards out of my Grixis deck mm-hmm. by completely rebuilding it with that. Yeah, and you can play more fatties. Yeah. Um, so you, you can actually play cards yeah, that you can mean increase something. The mana curve. And you can yeah. play cards that feed off of your life in different ways, like you know, uh, Fire Covenant. We were just talking about it. It's an amazing card that I don't get to play when I'm playing adnos. 
Elysium decks, you know, and I've yeah. like, uh, uh, not only am I playing Toxic Deluge, which we make that concession for, but I'm also playing Dismember because it's just a crazy good removal spell. Which I saw three copies of uh, Dismember throughout the day. Yeah. People were just off Adnos. Yeah, exactly. I think we're starting to realize that and start mid-gaming mm-hmm. a lot more right now. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, sorry, I cut you off. Oh, I was just saying, I think we're in a mid-game world right now. Yeah, and I feel like Pier is better than Adnos right now. Like yeah, I mean, just for the Broodlord combo, yeah, yeah, you can get there. Not even just for the Broodlord combo, just like in general, like because you can still do all those things where you can play around with higher, with a higher. Yeah, it means you don't have to make yeah. deck building yeah. restrictions like yeah. for your deck, and you still get the, a similar effect, a similar yep. game winning effect, just a slightly different downside. Hopefully, they don't flash in a <laughs> Orcish Bowmaster. Right. Right. But the One Ring is better than both Pier and Adnals. Whoa! Yeah, spicy. Currently, uh, currently at the moment, if you're going into the mid game. Yes, I fuck with it. If you're wanting to like play turbo, like there are two decks, and we saw this at the tournament is that uh, there was a uh, Kurik deck, uh, and guy was going for turn one, turn one combo, Mm -hmm. and he was an incredible pilot, and he accomplished like that was maybe one of the players that was out there like winning very early on, but uh, Kurik and Rogsai are the two decks that want to play into the abyss you know ad nauseum just to like reveal cards give like give their life for it because kirk's going to give that back right play villas whatever you know so mm. um yeah it was it was cool to see and those are the only decks that really want to play ad nowadays rockside probably being the most aggressive one yeah i think we're saying like we're seeing less dedicated turbo decks yes. like that is the dedicated turbo deck yeah mm. and now you can point your finger at two of them you can just say like, "Hey, these are the two now." Yeah, everybody's splashing in some value engines at this point because the these games going so long. You have to. Yeah, and it's not like I think that we've had the conversation about how long do games go? Seventy five minutes plus, you know, turns or ninety minutes flat. And then if it's you know a draw, it's a draw, like type deal. Either one works out in the same way. Most games don't go seventy five minutes, even though the games are longer. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it, it's it's a format where the game is going to take you an hour. And it's not something that if you've been afraid of CDH or if you've been hesitant to get into the format, you can get in and with cards that are not don't have that like uh, negative connotation to them. Everyone sees Adnaz and they go, that's CDH. I'm going to lose on turn two, you know, or like Ristic Study, blah. I think the one ring is going to start be seeing that where like if it's in a casual deck, people are going to be like, well, that's a power card. You know, that's well, like... Yeah, I mean, uh, well, think about the mana math here. Like everyone, you know, at higher levels, you're all playing that soul ring and that mana crypt mana vault. Soul ring plus crypt or vault, that's a turn one, one ring. Totally. And, you know, that's problems. That's problems for everyone else at the table. Yep. Yeah, the protection from everything is whew, yeah. so good. Um, by the end of the tournament, I learned one thing about my deck that I think uh, is, will, if I'm going to modify Xeris to play in tournaments in the future for fun or mm. for whatever. Do you think there's still a path there? Or? It, there still is. Okay. And I think it's all Voltron. Like, it's not, you know, it's not that uh, the deck can't win through other combo lines or it's not worth putting them in. Like, I still think that Underworld Breach belongs in the deck along with like Brain Freeze and LED. But I literally almost won the last round of the game by hitting everyone, knocking everyone out through commander damage with a Kessig Wolf run. So I had Displacer Kitten and the the Ewit combo with like Lightning Bolt to like zap the table. But it turned out that 
Ewit getting a dock side back and playing a displacer kitten and then flickering the dock side was an, gave, gave me enough mana to be able to punch somebody hard enough to knock them out with commander damage. So okay, that's it's right. like, I'm, yeah, I mean, the great thing is, is here it says when you punch somebody, you draw that many cards. So hit somebody for 21, draw 21 cards. It basically just guaranteed that I would get around the table one more time because I had a full fist of interaction. Mm. So I got to pick and craft my hand as I was going through. Um, unfortunately, I lost because it went to turns. And uh, in this last round, Logan was the guy I was playing against. He was playing Timna uh, Malcolm. And it goes down to the final turn, and I swing out to like knock him out and win my first game of the day, which would have put me in top sixteen. And he angels graced me. Ooh, that's so with sad. one turn left. Well, so I bet he was on Adnaws. <laughs> he was on Adnaws. Okay, loser. Yeah, bring you back. Yep. So he angels graced me with uh, like literally. I had to pass my turn, and his if he just. You know, went into his turn and said pass. The game would have ended in a draw. So there was no way for really me to win. Um, after Angel Grace me in main phase two, I started just like wondering because I had Fierce Guardianship and I had Deflecting Swat, but then he had a Grand Abolisher and a Dranth Magistrate. And those cards don't do anything for me since I'm so low on mana if I don't have my commander to put it out there. He killed it. So I had to kill the Dranth go into my uh, grab Zerus back out so I could interact with the stack and then just totally, it was part of me that spaced on the Abolisher, but then also part of me that just, I didn't have the removal for it mm-hmm. either. So I go and I'm just like, well, I got to see what I can do to win this game and I have enough mana. I clamp a snake and I draw two cards and John was looking over my shoulder at the time and I top decked a gut shot. And since I, he angels grace, he had one life left goes into his upkeep he's got a mana crypt it all comes down to the roll and he won his roll and i was just like you left the abolisher up uh, yeah i couldn't yeah i needed either way it was lose loose for me because his hand he showed me his hand afterwards was just stacked packed negation force of will stuff mm-hmm. like that yeah he'd just been holstering that the whole game for you know when something would have happened expecting so. a spell-based win con rather than your uh voltron unintentional voltron correct strategy yeah i had to I would have lost on the stack had I not cast Xerus and removed, or if, had I not removed the Dranith Magistrate, I wouldn't have had the mana to cast a Deflecting Swat to cast a Fierce, fierce Guardianship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he would have battled me on the stack and won, and I still would have lost. So, it, yeah. it, if so, fact, you know, it's it is it sucks, but I, I mean, you're playing a teamer deck, so it definitely is hard to like have that combo win. And like, I play Paco, and my whole thing is control the board until I'm ready to combo or just punch people to death. Because yep. you really do get there with that much interaction and the value. Yeah, Paco gets big. Um, and yeah, and I think you could only do something there. I love the concept of doing like almost like an overrun deck, given that all your snakes are green. You can just do all of the Eldritch Evolution, Neoform, Natural Order effects and just like cheat out a Kamal, cheat out a, you know, a Crater Hoof. Yeah. Like, I think you could actually do some stupid shit like that. Um, Averbuck Caretaker, flip that over with all your snakes would be stupid. Like, Yep. I totally think that that's the direction of the deck moving forward is go more combat focused because if you can get to those later turns, like, people have already tried to win with their combos or they have already tried to win and they've failed uh, and you've been interacting with them. That's the whole thing. This deck has great suite of interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I just I couldn't get there. And then it wasn't until the last game that I realized that overrun effects would have gotten me there had I just hyper-focused the coat of arms for that last game. 
I would have won a lot sooner. So have you are is are you still too fresh out of the tournament to have done your like uh tear down of the deck, like, hey, these are the lines that I think I'm gonna pursue now that I know it's more of a Voltron combat focused thing or yeah, I haven't had the time to like sit down and say what cards I'm stripping out of the deck. Uh-huh. I re- like obviously I really want to maintain um like the psychic corrosion and the altar of the brood. I think those are cuts now. Um for this build, I think. For yeah. this build, right? Yeah, cuz they're dead cards outside the loop. Right? They lost they lost games. Yeah. Like that was now, a thing. <laughs> like that was yeah. that's part of the story I didn't want to yeah. tell. Yeah, <laughs> you the only reason to cut them. Yeah, so... It, Famously, you posted this list for help uh, teching it out, and you said those cards were off the table in terms off, of cuts. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I wanted to play them because that's part of the fun of the deck. It's why I wanted to play it in the first yeah. place is because those cards do... It's 50-50. They punish 50% of the decks, but when but you... you know what? Every Timmy in the world knows smashing face is also fun. Yes, but then you, you look at... You go to a table of four players, guess what? Odds are two of them are playing grave advantage decks so alter the brood i milled like 50 cards or something like that ended up mill- milling a protean hulk that lost yeah us the there game, you go you know <laughs> and then it's like psychic corrosion i ended up milling the gymna player enough to put you know <laughs> everything they needed in the graveyard for an underworld breach so mm-hmm. you know you know you hope at some point that you hit the underworld breach but early in the game i had already hit the savine's reclamation so at that point the honorable breach there's no reason to mill it because they're just going to get it back anyway yeah i think if you take those out and you put in just beat face face punch yeah i think it's actually gonna be hilarious <laughs> yeah you kind of good i think if you take out bad cards and put in good cards it'll no. <laughs> got them but i play psych- psychic corrosion as well yeah <laughs> regardless had a great time at the tournament i think that was um one of the more like actually playing a fun deck uh-huh. led to the spirits of everyone at the table being uplifted because mm-hmm. everyone goes into these games like thinking of how stressful this could be because there are those moments that when you get close to winning, your adrenaline starts shooting through the roof. I think it kind of took the curb off of the pressure off of everyone to be like, you know what? Maybe I just don't have to like uh, take this so seriously. Mm-hmm. I still want to win, but like, hey. That he's bringing a great attitude. I can also bring a great attitude, and we can have fun rather than just like staring each other down and sweating. It's awesome when people yeah, are on that level. It's sort of yeah. like uh, Pierce is the balloon or whatever takes a little of the tension out of the because yeah. like yeah. you got one guy on like Razakath, you got another guy, you, you got three serious decks at the table, and then you're just over here with your fucking snakes. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, can I punch you for three? <laughs> and they're like, do I get to draw? I'm like, yeah. I mean, I even do that when I'm actually trying to win all the time. Like, I just always come in with, like, I'm always the first guy to be like, hey, what's up? How's everybody doing? Change the vibe. Change the vibe. It's a competitive advantage. Uh, It honestly is. Like, I mean, not only do I like having better vibes at the table, I think it's fun. And then you meet chillers. Like, that's great. Yeah. Um, But same time, just like, I'm the nice guy. Why would you immediately target me? You know, I've been the nicest one here so (laughs) far. You're playing black, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, But if there's three black players at the table, yeah, yeah. You can redirect it a I little guess, bit. I guess chill as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah politics is the strongest. Actually, there was aspect a table the where game. that was the case, and they killed the cast player long before they killed me. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of people come in tournaments like with that mindset where I'm here to grind, I'm here to like win, I'm here to kill, and then coming in like a chiller, you put them on their back foot, and all of a sudden they're making yeah. plays differently. And, like I don't want to kill this guy. He's yeah. cool. To be fair, no, I'm but not, I mean, not even that. Like you've got it in, in their head. <laughs> yeah, like right. 
You know? To be fair, I'm not like making this up. This is actually who I am and how I like to go to tournaments. Yeah. I'm not just a fucking psycho. Yeah. Yeah. But it is it is awesome like when you can diffuse the table a little bit because there is definitely that tension. And I feel like, you know, we all feel like the pressure and the stress a little bit. But when you can like go there and you like act like a chiller and then someone else ma- like acts like a chiller, it actually does just bring the vibe a little but, bit. But I mean yeah. when when you're making sure the vibe is your vibe, that is giving you an advantage. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I won't I won't say it doesn't. Because like, but... you're ready to compete in that vibe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because like I've even caught myself playing a little too lax when I'm like, we're having really good vibes. Yeah, but forget something that's on the yeah, board. Yeah, I was like, ah, like, I prob- probably could have played yeah. that a little better. <laughs> Reveal information that you shouldn't have. Like, yeah. oh, force of will. Oh, I can't because yeah, of like, Boromir. Uh, yeah, oh, exactly. shit. Exactly. It but uh, I do think like if you can stay sharp while you're doing those kind of things, I think it is a great way to play a competitive mm-hmm. match. Totally. I think at the end of the day, when you finish those games out, regardless of whether or not you win, you shake everyone's hand, you say, that was a great game. I had a lot of fun, you know? And I think you just make deeper connections with people. Like, I'm a fist actually, guy. when you see them at tournaments next time, you're going to be like, yo, what up? Like, Mario, Steve, like, what up? what's up, guys? Like, Logan, I hate that you angels grace me. What's up, dude? You fucker. <laughs> like, you know, so um, all those things, like, build towards just creating just greater human connection too mm. uh but that last game wanted uh, has steered me in a new direction and uh, has asked me like basically prompted this new question for the competitive scene how relevant can commander damage be to a competitive strategy i mean uh, you have uh well the obvious answer in the competitive way is, is like Slicer is a deck that makes that relevant. But even then, I feel like Slicer doesn't necessarily make commander damage relevant so much as overall threatening the life totals of everyone at the table. Well, I think I think commander damage is why Slicer is so good because everybody can uh, like agree politically to kill a player within one rotation. Um, Slicer, I think, is is the you know the commander for this kind of question. Is yeah, like he is com- commander damage daddy yeah and like xeris just sort of like when i realized that i could punch someone someone for 21 damage yeah draw 21 cards and they draw nothing because they're dead was like this awakening moment where i was just like oh what i drew 21 cards like yeah and now i can yeah it's it was just um you know, and then later on, after the tournament ended, we went back to the Airbnb and we decided to like play a few more games. When I dropped Coda Arms, and all of a sudden, it's like I punch someone. That was my suggestion. We draw, by the way. Yeah, we draw eight cards, and then I create eight more snakes, and all of a sudden, Xerus is you know so much larger. Than and all of your snakes else. are now that large. Yeah, too. they're crazy big. And then I go Blasphemous Act, and then they're Dirty. too big to kill with the Blasphemous Act. It's like oh, shit, this is actually viable. Next turn, they don't have a board state. Mm. I'm just going to wipe everyone clean. And that's exactly what happened. And you have yeah. like 30 power on board. Yeah, or like I that. didn't know if you knew this. Like everyone's got a win con in the command zone. It is the power of your commander. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like you can play with that. That's true. Yep. Yeah. And like we've always thought for a long time that like commander damage is not relevant. I think Slicer coming back onto the scene has like definitely created that conversation but now that I've actually witnessed it firsthand, I'm I'm starting to question it myself. Like, are there other commanders that you can play that can win through that through those means regularly or consistently? The other one that comes to mind that uh, people have been working on for a while now is uh, Jessica uh, Ishai Ishai Ojutai. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, which is the bird that whenever you, a player casts a spell or an opponent, 
Uh, it's whenever an opponent. An opponent casts a spell, put a plus one plus one counter on it. And then, so all you, you look that up. And then, uh, so pretty much all you need to do is get to seven because Jessica says triple the power of any yeah. thing. So you have a flying 21 commander damage in the air. Um, and it happens very fast. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think there is an archetype here that definitely could be explored. As you're just saying, Evan, the one ring drew a guy 15 cards on a turn because these games are going fucking long. Like, you can definitely hit to 21 damage off of your commander if, like, I drawn 15 cards, like, and untapping. Yeah, it's uh, whenever an opponent casts. Whenever an opponent casts. Yeah, Thank so you. that's, you know, like, Jessica Ishai is one of those ones because Ishai doesn't have to get that big. It's... Like it's actually pretty reasonable to get to seven, like seven power with Ishai and because he's a what a one one two two when he comes in. Let me just double check. Well, while he's doing that, speaking of one, uh, one. lax play at the table, there's so many times with Paco Holden where we're after a few combat cycles, it's like uh, we should probably be tracking your commander damage because it's getting increasingly. Oh low. yeah, if I like, wanted, to, I could totally take that focus yeah. too. If like I just wanted to kill somebody. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and we've actually talked about like tech for that type of deck too. It's like you can have alternate win cons too, like mm-hmm. the displacer kitten uh Itali combo. Like boom, secret yeah. secret tech we're going to drop. Yeah, yeah. Jordan's working on that deck. He's going to run it. I think people know about Itali. <laughs> no, but oh. specifically with displacer kitten. Okay. Yeah, so uh We'll, we'll talk about that tech yeah. <laughs> in a we're future so, episode. So sidetracked. It's a juicy, juicy, juicy nugget. But um, I think that you can have alternative win cons, like I said, in Xerus from running Underworld Breach, Lion's Eye Diamond, and Brain Freeze. Like, you can still have those things. But I think that if you focus primarily in punching, people are going to, like, especially with Xerus, where you say, like, I'm going to give you cards, like, in return. I also get cards, and I also get snakes, but you are going to get cards and give you a better chance in quotes, mm. better chance to win the game as well. Yeah, I mean that political angle is viable, but also at the same time, if you're dropping psychic corrosion and alter the brood, really just slotting a crater hoof in there that's gonna give your snakes gas, and then you got another free slot, you've upgraded the deck considerably. Yeah, I will you know? say that people are less incentivized to allow me to punch them mm. if I have psychic corrosion or alter the brood on the field. Because they think they're losing cards. I think that's what Mill does. It's why Mill can't, you know, outside of the brain freeze loop, um, isn't a viable strategy. Is because people still view Mill as losing cards. Yep. Yeah. If they're milling themselves, it's it's advantage. If someone's milling them, it's disadvantage. People get super salty about hard it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh, actually, I just thought of a card. Court of fucking calling in that deck with Crater Hoof or any of those or oh. overrun effects is so sick. It's it's beautiful because it's combat without any pumping of Xerus, uh Just touching someone with Xerus and getting three snakes creates a basically free court of calling because mm-hmm. even though they don't have haste, you can still tap them yeah. for the convoke. So all you have to do is be able to pay the mana cost of whatever it is you're trying to cast. Yeah. So it's it's yeah it's really great. I love Court of Calling in that deck. Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, the new direction on it. Yeah, but ultimately, I feel like um, now this isn't like necessarily commander damage, even though my commander will deal the damage. But I think that Shaline Halar is my direction moving forward. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just start jamming that at tournaments because... Yeah, you're a tournament deck. Yeah, you know, like going back, like thinking about all of the things that happen at those tables. Like, yes, everything plays out a little bit differently. But with the meta that was in Moscow, <laughs> I would have had... I would have won so many games. Yeah, I think Xerus is just a little too cute to win yes. at a high power level, you know? Yep. With all these different decks, like 
the 10 proxy thing actually didn't really come up that often, mm-hmm. which was like wild. Everyone just showed up with the decks they had. Um, even the owner's son had won a game with a Minskin Boo, like as the, like the Planeswalker commander. Let's go. Just by like creating a 24-24 hamster, punching somebody, so and then throwing the hamster in their face to kill them. Yes. So like... Not every win goes through a dockside loop, man. You, yep. Sometimes you just you punch face and yeah. you can win the game that way. Oh, in uh in the tournament, the winner was uh James, who was running Gearson Starn. Yeah, huge thing for free, forgot to mention is this yeah. fucking awesome champion here. Yeah, so it was crazy. But if you didn't know this, that Gearson Starn Ward Two, incredibly relevant as we all know, Ward so is. If you put a Curiosity Obsidian Eye something like that effect on gears and starn that whenever you deal one damage he's going to do two additional damage you draw a card off of that and a lot of people perceive that as oh he's creating a card value engine i see it but then you drop niv mizzet peru or niv perun on the battlefield and then all of a sudden it's like whenever you draw a card you deal one damage and what does gears and starn care about dealing exactly one damage and so he'll deal two damage You'll draw a card. Niv will deal one damage. Gearson will see that. Deal two damage. Draw a card. It's actually a secondary loop where you don't have to worry about like the number of cards in your library for like Niv, where Niv Curiosity combo, if it's early in the game. Yeah, it shortcuts the math for you. Yeah, you yeah. don't win because you don't have enough cards in your library to kill everybody. You also but, don't have to hold on to the Curiosity waiting for the combo piece. Like you set up a draw engine, which is also just fucking awesome. Yep. Because that's. Curiosity on Garrison Starn without winning the game is very, very good. Yep. Yeah. Love Ward 2. Some of the best text in the game. Yep. And there's that uh, electrostatic field or whatever. It's like a weird creature thing that whenever mm-hmm. you cast an instant or sorcery, uh, deal one damage to each opponent. It's like, wow, you're dealing nine damage across the board now. And then you draw three cards yeah. off of it. Yes. So Yeah. It's a good card. Kind of crazy. But that was that was kind of the combo lines he was working with. And yeah, uh, shout out. I love that he won that tournament. Yeah. That's awesome. J Dog, you've uh, played that deck a little bit. I, yeah, that. I actually do. I was, we were just talking about like last week putting it back together. Um, it's a really fun deck, super oppressive. <laughs> yep. Uh, was not, I can't remember if he was playing, I don't think he was playing Mana Barbs, mm-hmm. but uh, well, I don't understand how he won this tournament though. Yeah. <laughs> no, just Mana Barbs, I think it makes you arch enemy. It might be Mana Barbs like is a, so good. Yeah. Yeah. And people will actually pay the ward too to get rid of Gearson. Yep. So, yeah. At that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, Smart deck building. Yeah, right. No, it was, uh, you know, like Urabrask. Like, the most recent Urabrask goes in there. Yeah, he, Whenever he casts an instant source, one damage, get a mana. Yeah, there's this, like, this tried and true, like, is it storm build? And there's, like, all these, like, uh, instant sorcery, non-creature spell, pingers, and stuff like that. And you just stack that with Curiosity. Niv gets there. You do the Magda thing if you want. Yeah, and the festivities is like crazy here. So, awesome card. Yeah, really great deck. Really great tech. I can post the link for the deck down below in the description. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I do think that commander damage can be viable if you really focus it. Like I'm always under the belief that like any commander can be an eight. Like right, an eight out of ten in power level mm-hmm. because of all the cards surrounding it in the color pie that can help magnify the strategy or just win on their own on the side like mono green can win through it like through its own means on the side regardless of what the commander is but you can win if you hyper focus the strategy on the commander so i think that an eight is totally realistic if you want to play you know grun the lonely king you know it's like commander damage then becomes viable i think Skullbriar commander damage can become viable and um it, it's something that i'm going to be looking forward 
to building into and strategizing for more as we like as I grow as a player and as I looked to these tournaments and what deck I want to take. Mm-hmm. So especially as the meta shifts, mm-hmm. right? We don't know what's coming out this next year that could potentially make Xerus a more competitive strategy for me as a, like in my in my own perception of how the deck works or you know um jessica ish i might be able to pop up more frequently again just to, like start winning games i hope so that's a really fun deck it's also terrifying to play against yeah i the jessica decks that i saw um the two games that i saw played turn one sarah ascendant jeweled lotus jessica Disgusting. next turn punch for 18 gain 18 life uh, so uh, pretty good that's so much yeah yeah it was disgusting <laughs> and awful you don't get was... around life gain though commander damage oh she yeah i doesn't was tell- give a shit whoa <laughs> so relevant <laughs> i was telling uh i was telling james or I, was, I asked him i was like are you playing rampaging ferocidon in that deck because i feel like it could do work right uh, are you talking about garrison karn yeah garrison Garrison's Karn. Karn. yeah because whenever a creature enters uh Ferocidon deals one damage to that creature's controller. So you're not playing, you're spell slinging anyway. So even if it does, Gearson does shoot you for three or whatever, it's whatever, right? You're punishing the table more than you're doing it, but it also says players can't gain life. So mm. it does prevent like those strategies and keeps them within reach. So eh, I feel like knows? a Forbidden Orchard would be good in that deck anyway, because well, Ooh, it, there you go. it would proc that, but then also you always have a target on their board. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Uh, card that I am super horny for. I, I we're just kind of chit chatting now for this kind of deck is Chandra's Incinerator. I've always wanted a place for uh, this card. One red, like five or six color list, and it's reducing damage. Oh, yeah. Reducing cost based on damage you've dealt that turn. Not Correct. Non- yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And then whenever you do non-combat damage to a creature, no, to a player, you get to do that much damage to a target creature. Oh, that's right. Yep. So it's like you do the one to the face. Garrison Sarn does the two to the face. It does the one to the creature. Garrison Sarn does two. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Fucking awesome. Uh, I just think it's a great card and needs a home. Yeah, it does. Uh, I mean, we pro- what you spec'd it way back in four twenty one. God, it's so long ago. It's still not good, but well, it's we were talking fun about card. your specs earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My specs, like I said, are not good, but they are fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have seventeen day, borderless foil invasion of Arcavios behind me right now. <laughs> one day you're gonna just hit a, f- a huge fucking home run, a yeah. windfall, yeah. if you will. Yeah, um, I don't think many many home runs or specs can hit as hard as that uh, Spyaloon spec I did. Bro, you got so fucking lucky <laughs> on that. You didn't even spec on it. Nah, well, I, I specced hard, bro. <laughs> well, Daily and Hexcatcher was hot, and I was I I invested properly. Um, anyway, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode of the Mock Stars podcast. Let us know what you think about commander damage and how your style of play might uh, help you win more frequently or more consistently with that strategy. Uh, or if you just hate that strategy, chime down below and argue with some people in the comments. Um, true, true. Also, uh, join us on our Discord. We're chit-chatting there all the freaking time. If you want to build anything like this, anything else, our Brew Buddies page is always crazy active. Uh, usually when we're gearing up for tournaments too, we're always like specking on new cards and stuff. Yep. And big announcement, Jordan mentioned it a little bit earlier in the show, but this weekend, this episode drops on Friday, so if you listen to it on Friday or Saturday, you can look forward to the Mock Stars podcast broadcasting these PDX CDH tournament upcoming this Sunday. The tournament starts at 11 a.m. The broadcast starts at 1 p.m., uh, but I'm thinking about hopping on there a little bit earlier just to kind of get the full scope of the tournament so I can actually speak on how people have been doing throughout the day. 
Um, but I will be on there all day broadcasting. And uh, Chris, uh, hello, are you going to join me? Yeah, I'll be joining you. Yeah, later Bring in the real afternoon. best in show energy. Yeah, well, well, you'll be able to hop in probably right around top sixteen, okay. right around that point. So, and then if Jordan, you get back from work and you want to hop in too, we might all three be on the broadcast at the same time. That's uh, the freaking goal. It's a really exciting yeah. opportunity for us. We're excited to be a part of it, and more than anything, I think I'm excited to actually talk about the game as the game is happening most 100%. you can't talk about the game when you're in the game so <laughs> we i think we've been talking about this for a while like our goal is to like get more announced like do more announcing and kind of actually push the competitive scene further you know both with like the quality of the video and the audio uh and the content that's getting put out like with like commentating you know editing and stuff like that that's all stuff that we'd like to see kind of push this awesome format further yeah my dream is to be the chris berman of magic the gathering I'll be your stew. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I got yeah. You. yeah, 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 yeah. If you uh, don't get that, then fucking stop following the pod. No, don't, don't follow the pod, please, please. Unfollow now. Just and kidding. Yeah, do it. Jordan said it. <laughs> also, reminder: if you're listening to this, uh, we do uh, host our podcast on all major podcasting platforms. If you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Music, or uh, through Audible, be sure to rate the podcast. Give us five stars or whatever rating you feel is necessary. Five stars, obviously. Obviously. Minimum of five stars. But At whatever least. rating you choose, but five is the minimum. <laughs> you go up from there. So it goes a long way to helping new people find the podcast if you haven't, you know, if they're not meeting us at tournaments or whatever. Also, if you do see us at a tournament, which you'll see us at many in the Pacific Northwest coming coming up, uh, especially in Issaquah and at Gabby's, if you beat a mock star in a game, you will get a foil Mockstar sticker. Ooh, spicy yeah. new little bounty. Yeah, a I little like bounty that. on our heads. I like that. Yeah. So, uh, that being said, let's get the frick out of here, dude. Bye. All right, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye.